Welcome, everybody. We're here. This is our morning morning daily podcast um, called Prayer Revolution. And we are trying to connect the mood of prayer to our everyday life because I find, I don't know about you, when I try to figure things out in my mind, I just go down a dark rabbit hole. I I usually end up in a ditch. Um, and, And it's more often than not that my best thinking got me to where I'm at. And um, it's, it's a slow but gradual, steady process towards letting go of my own sense of mental and physical control and on a moment-to-moment basis inviting, recognizing that there's, there is another co-pilot with me at all times and with all of us. And if I start asking the question, how is God's will unfolding in my life on a moment-to-moment basis, um, new perspective and magical things can happen. Um, and it's not easy. We need each other to remind ourselves of that on a regular basis, and that's what we're here to do. That's awesome. basically it. That's my spiel. Love it. Love it, DG. Thank you for sharing always vulnerably. Amir just uh, said, you know, give a shout out to Carly. Hi, Carly. Thank you for mm. joining. First time joining today. Amir's oh, a dear, dear friend of ours from the Bhakti Center. Thanks, Carly. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm totally with you. I'm with all of you guys. I'm with all of you guys. Let's, mm. We have our co-pilot. And our co-pilot is really, really smart and really loving and really incredible. And uh, we're, it's a, uh, an attempt for us to remember that we can really lean into, we can lean mm. into that guidance. You know, sometimes yeah. we can go on autopilot in our life and we forget that mm. there's, there's this, um, there is free will. There actually is free will, you know, and the free yeah. will is what we're finding in the yoga tradition so much is either in my mind, I'm accepting that I'm in a river of grace or I'm rejecting it. And sometimes the river has mm. rapids and sometimes we're getting smacked around a little bit. It's a little intense, you know, but to be able to, to be able to remember that constantly, that's the effort. That's, that is yoga. That is yoga. Definition of yoga means to, to, to link or to yoke, you know, to bring back, to tie back together. And so we're trying to tie our individual consciousness back to this original pure consciousness back to our source mm. and, and divinity, the source and um, mm. yes, our divine Lord. And so beautiful. Real quick, we have um, we have our official prayer revolution literary correspondent Bryn Halava, who's with us. Thanks for being here, Bryn. There was a question that just came up from Rock and Rooksy. It's on our Insta chat board. Um, in a minute, that that question is going to go away because it'll be absorbed by the other. Okay, can you write that down? Could you write that down and put it in our Zoom chat board that way we can see it and maybe we'll get to it later today. We really appreciate all your guys' questions and we love your feedback, comments, and please, please write them. We have Bryn here who's taken note of all of them. And if we don't get to them right away, we will get to them eventually. So with that, Vera, take it away. All right. And I just saw my sister, maybe, or my wife join, give them a little love too. And uh, today I want to read from uh, an excerpt, another excerpt of Thomas Merton. And mm. I've been loving just pulling open this book because I've just been finding so many nuggets in it. There's literally like, I don't know how many, 400 prayers in it. And, uh, and some really resonate on some days, some don't on other days. And, um, but I kind of see you know, that they all weave into life. So this is about prayer. And those of us that are familiar with prayer, then uh, you, you know what to do. And those of us that are not, just get a comfortable seat right now. Pause your morning or your day or your night, wherever you are in the world. Pause your life and get into a comfortable seat or standing position and get into the space of receiving grace. That right now you don't have to do anything. 
just have to receive. That's our practice today, connecting to nice deep inhales and exhales, softening your body, relaxing your body, relaxing into receiving grace in your life. Prayer is a universal language. It's not tied to religion. It's not tied to any social, economical, physical, mental, emotional state of being that it's available to us always. It's a, a language that breaks across all boundaries and barriers. And it's the individual self connecting with the super self. It's the individual heart connecting with the source of all spiritual energy, the source of all spiritual life. The individual self connecting with our divine Lord. So now in that mood, just receiving with your eyes closed. When I'm liberated by silence, when I'm no longer involved in the measurement of life, but in the living of it, I can discover a form of prayer in which there is effectively no distraction. My whole life becomes a prayer. My whole silence is full of prayer. The world of silence in which I am immersed contributes to my prayer. My dear Lord, please help us that in all situations in our life, in every circumstance of our life, to keep you in the center of our life, to keep you in the center of our mind, of our consciousness, of our desires, whatever it is that we're seeking in this world, let it be an offering to you. Whatever it is that we feel we're lacking right now, help us to lean into you, our co-pilot, to remember that you're with us always. And sometimes I forget that you are right next to me, that you're within my heart, guiding my wanderings in this material world. And please help me to remember that you're with me, that all that I am seeking is found when I lean into you. All that I'm seeking to know is found when I can hear your voice. And all that I'm seeking to give in this life is fulfilled when it's in service to you and remembrance of you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Thank you so much, Veer, for leading us in beautiful prayer. Yeah, thank you, Baba, for an opportunity. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I still am pretty whacked out. Man, I've been three days. I'm still trying to figure out what it is, but it seems like I got some pretty bad food poisoning, but mm. TBD. So I'm like, I'm feeling good enough to be on this podcast and not, not mm. to not to send you a SOS for another partner to join. But um, <laughs> um, but otherwise, I'm, I'm physically I'm feeling pretty whacked out and and. Mm. Um, and at the same time, like, I just feel like when I pray, you know, just in that prayer right now, it's like physically, maybe one thing, you know, mentally, maybe one thing, but spiritually, there is, there is a connection beyond it, you know, and I feel it mm. when I'm in prayer, I feel it when I go into meditation, even when my physical state isn't so strong, mm. that, um, that there is, there's something beyond that, you know. There's a, there is a fulfillment and a grace and a steadiness and a hope 
et cetera, you know, that, that is, uh, that is beyond the physical and the mental. And that mm-hmm. gives me so much, um, it just gives me so much hope, you know, mm-hmm. that I, that I can be steady in my life, that mm-hmm. I can be steady in that, that prayer, like Thomas Merton is saying that, you know, every, every experience in my life, I'm, I, I'm, I'm immersed in life, you know, and that that's contributing to my prayer, you know, that in that space of silence, when I've connected, you know, then everything becomes an asset, everything becomes um, a supportive element in that spiritual consciousness, every single thing, including that siren, right, that siren could make me go into a state of fear and concern, you know, and, or that siren could be, you know, a catalyst for, for waking up and, and digging deeper and, and asking the right questions. And so that's, uh, that's the space that I'm in this morning yeah. and feeling, yeah. Uh, yeah, feeling grateful to be in that space. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. like when I'm coming out of sickness, like the first day, like on Saturday, I literally, I was like, I couldn't, I like, I couldn't move without my head feeling like I, I literally got hit in the head with a, with a brick. I couldn't move without that. Mm. And as I, as you know, the next day happened, next day happened, the symptoms are much less. And as I'm kind of coming to less of that intense symptom, there's this sort of like soberness. Like I've been eating very simple, I've been like living a very simple life, you know, like more simple than I already have been, you know, <laughs> being in the building for the last three weeks. Avira's already a pretty simple guy. So simple means he's just, he's just breathing, basically. I'm, br- I'm breathing. Yeah, I am breathing, guys. And, uh, but there's this sort of like sobriety that comes over me, you know, where it's like, I'm not like so far in the future. I'm not so, I'm not, I'm not dwelling so much in the past, you know, it's, I'm just sort of like, I'm here. Mm. And, and there's a sort of like gentleness of my mind and a gentleness of my consciousness. And mm. um, I, at least I notice it's almost like my mind and physical body are exhausted. So they sort of like, they give up for a little while. <laughs> they give up the supremacy. And, mm. uh, and there's a, like a more, the more gentle dog inside is like, you know, like his, is is uh, uh, unpacking his voice a little bit more, and yeah. um, and so I'm I'm that's I'm kind of in that space right now, just a sort of gentle frame of mind, and and, yeah. gr- and grateful, grateful to feel that that there is a connection beyond the mind and the, and the body. Yeah, it's beautiful to be in that space. Um, I whenever when I'm sick, physically or mentally or emotionally, I try to be in that space. But I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, what do you do if, if you're, sometimes, sometimes when you're sick, it's like the last thing you want to do is like try and be spiritual, you know? Sometimes it's the last thing that you want to do is like, you know, it's already hard enough sometimes to kind of keep a regimen and be disciplined. But when you're sick, either you have some ailment physically or when your mind is just tired, it just feels like it's all the more harder sometimes Mm. um and so how do you like is it do you feel it's like oh we just got to give ourselves some slack and a break during that time or we got to push through it or you know it's almost kind of like when when life gets a little challenging so people have been asking me also even even now particularly during this like COVID-19 period it's like you know people are some of us are just kind of hanging on with things and it's do I is it okay to 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 slacken a little bit in ways that I need to give cut myself some slack in order to get through some of the difficult times or is it a time that I'm because I'm supposed to go deeper and do more 
you know how, do you ever feel it sometimes when it's like you're sick it's kind of like uh the last thing i want to do is wake up and meditate or chant or pray or whatever you know what i mean it's like it's like i want to just just want to order a pizza and watch a movie you know do you ever mm -hmm. feel like that i know you don't ever watch pizza you order pizzas and movies and i don't eat pizzas either i, I don't eat i don't eat dairy but you know what I mean? That kind of feeling, you know? Totally. Yeah, totally. That we want to numb out, you know, that that's, yeah, that we, we, want exactly. to, we want to avoid feeling what we're feeling because it's exactly. intense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, can like, I can relate to that. I do watch movies. I, I'm not, I'm not like a, a, a uh, yeah, I do watch movies. And so I have watched the movies over the last couple of days, just feeling, you know, very zoned out and, and I've rested a lot also. And I've done a lot of, you know, a lot of self-care practice, but yeah, definitely there's, there's a tendency to zone out and, and I'm not immune to that for sure. And I can, mm. I can, can relate to that definitely. And, um, and I also recognize um, in it, you know, the, the question, I'm kind of hearing principles in it, you know, one is, one is like, you know, am I, am I spiritually striving, you know, in a way which is like aggressive and um, almost like judgmental of myself, mm. you know? So it's like, it's like, where, where is, where's the, the striving coming from? Is it coming from like, you're not good enough, you know? So it's coming from like this fear and it's coming from like this, this more um, judgmental kind of shameful energy, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that that, I think that that's something we've talked about a lot on the podcast is to be conscious of that. Cause that voice is never going to serve us. You know, if I'm, if I'm sitting down and I'm sick as a dog and I'm like beating myself up, I'm saying like, you're just like a bad person because you're not, you know, using this mm. opportunity to surrender to the, you know, to God, your higher power. It's like, mm. what, is, what is that? Like, whose voice is that? That's not, it's definitely not our higher power. It's definitely not our, our soul. It's definitely not our, our, our higher consciousness. It's some, some, something grungy. There's some conditioning. There's some, you know, self-worth and some type of ego construct conditioning that's been built in that, wants to hurt us you know that wants yeah. to keep us keep us down keep us in that conditioned state mm. and uh and so it starts with self-acceptance for sure i think that you know just that a self-acceptance of yeah i have desires yeah i feel like crap right now yeah i feel like i'm i'm in a i'm in a a, a dark hole right now mm. it starts with that and, and ideally that's something that we're not doing on our own you know we talk about that a lot too ideally yeah. that's not something we're doing on our own it's not like we don't recommend people to go hike the Himalayas, you know, hike, you know, Kilimanjaro or, you know, Everest on their own. We don't recommend that. Mm. You know? And so we don't recommend people to, to journey through life on their own either without support on the path. And so I think it starts with acceptance. I think just being conscious of those, those are two big poles of, of opposites, right? Either I'm guilting, shaming, judging myself or, or I'm accepting myself for where I'm at, you know? If I'm guilting, shaming, and judging myself, then whatever I move out of, it's being propelled by that guilt, shame, judgment. Mm. And and ultimately, like it's it's not it's not serving love. It's not a higher consciousness. I'm being pushed by fear. I'm being pushed by some some lower kind of state of consciousness. So it's gonna come back. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back into feeling those same feelings again. Or if I accept myself, you know, I'm feeling mm. sick, I'm feeling really out of it, you know, um, doing the best I can, I think um I think definitely, you know, and then with that, there's two other principles that come into mind. It's like, okay, now I can get complacent. I can get lazy and I can get tamasic, right? Which is like, mm. all right, I'm doing the best I can. So like, let me just veg out eternally, you know, like that's another space. We can give ourselves that space and then we end up, you know, feeling 
even worse. We feel more sick. We feel more degraded mm. in our consciousness. And then the other side is like, okay, like I'm, I'm feeling this, you know, and okay, what's my choice? Like if I'm actually sitting in that, Thomas Martin's talking about like to actually get to a place where it's going to be uncomfortable, but we can come to a place of silence mm. where the mind isn't just pushing us to act, you know, based off our conditioning. But if yeah. I could come to that place of silence, so there are all these poles, you know, like any one extreme, if we're not ready for it, it may not serve us in our journey. But, you know, one is that complacency is never, you know, if I just stay in complacency mm. forever, it's not going to serve me. But if I'm pushing myself beyond my limit, beyond my capacity, then, you know, where's that coming from? So I think, um, yeah, so some few ideas on it, you know, how to, how to give ourselves space, but not, you know, not sit stuck in the mud, you know, yeah. eternally. Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, our, our, one of our listeners, Dawn, she throws up there like self judgment is, isn't self judgment a form of hubris. And as she wrote that, I had to be honest, I had to look up the word hubris. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it means excessive pride or self confidence. And interestingly in Greek, in Greek tragedy, Hubris was defined as excessive pride toward our defiance of the gods leading to nemesis. Mm. Then I had to look up the word nemesis. Nemesis, the inescapable agent, agent of someone or something's downfall, a downfall caused by an inescapable agent. So I, I turn that mean like nemesis is almost like my downfall caused by like some unavoidable thing outside of myself that I can't control. And, and my, my hubris is a self, it's, it's almost like a, a, a self-indulgence that comes from thinking that my, it's, 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 it's still, it's kind of like self, it, like self-condemnation is like a flip side of, of a pride because it's still a form of self-indulgence. And I was thinking that it's interesting that in Greek tragedy, the word is used as a defiance of God because it's almost like I, it's like, I am so pathetic and terrible and piece of, piece of dog do that I'm so unlovable that like, I can't be scooped up and hugged and held. Like there's no hope for me. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of where that ultimately leads to it. It gets to this place of there's no hope for me. There's no yeah, hope when, for me. When we keep going down that we that keep path. going down that we keep going down that hole and we start telling our this story that there's no hope for me. I made a mistake and therefore there's no hope for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or I keep making mistakes and therefore there's no hope for me. Mm -hmm. And so and I think that that's it's almost it's almost a defiance of faith. It's like it's the opposite of faith. Mm. Whereas opposed to believing that actually like you know it, it is reminds me of the beautiful quote by Mother Teresa is that give yourself fully to God. He will use you for great things on the condition that you believe more in the power of his strength than in the power of your own weakness, mm. you know? And that, that, that power, that higher power is, um, is far infinitely more greater than any of our mistakes or weaknesses. And it, it also reminds me of this, this beautiful verse from this hope giving verse from the Bhagavad Gita in the ninth chapter. In ninth chapter, verse 30, where Krishna says, even if one commits the most abominable action, if such a person is engaged in devotional service, they are to be considered saintly because they're properly situated in their determination. Mm -hmm. And then the following verse right after that, they quickly become righteous and attain lasting peace. O son of Kunti, declare boldly that my devotee never perish, perishes. Mm -hmm. And so, and then Sri the Prophet goes on to explain in the commentary in the purport that 
um, there are necess- there are going to be we're we're going to stumble, mm-hmm. and we're not we don't have to judge ourselves by that. So we talked about the other day, like our sincerity is our course correcting application. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, our sincerity is our course correcting application, and so if the devotee, um, I'm just looking at some of the some of the, the some of the con- con- commentary here. Shri Prabhupada says sometimes, however, it may be seen that a person in Krishna consciousness commits some act which may be taken as some as most abominable socially or politically. But such a temporary fall down does not disqualify such a person. In Shri Bhagavatam, it is stated that if a person falls down but is wholeheartedly engaged in the transcendental service of the Supreme Lord, the Lord, being situated within that person's heart, purifies such a person and excuses them from that abomination. The material contamination is so strong that even a yogi fully engaged in the service of the Lord sometimes becomes ensnared. So we're going to become ensnared. But Krishna consciousness is so strong that an occasional fall down is at once rectified. Therefore, the process of devotional service is always a success. No one should deride a devotee for some accidental fall down from the ideal path. But as explained in the next verse, such occasional fall downs will be stopped in due course as soon as a devotee is completely situated in Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. So Srila Prabhupada says such occasional mishaps will eventually start to fade away if we just keep applying ourselves. Mm-hmm. The only way we find failure is if we quit. Mm-hmm. But it takes a certain, I think that's the humility behind it is that I have to let go of this kind of like heroic, heroic sense of myself that I'm going to like, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to mm-hmm. crush this spiritual path. I'm going to, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm in school where I, I'm, I'm taking the semester off. You know what I mean? And so far I'm like shooting for like, you know, perfect grades, you know? And it's like, why? It's like, but there's this sense of like, I've got to crush it. You know what I mean? Like I've got to be the one who like perform at like the highest level. And sometimes you bring that into spiritual life of like, we don't want any blemishes on our record, mm-hmm. but it's like, let go of that. Have a blemish mm-hmm. on your record. Be humble mm-hmm. about it. And allow yourself to have mistakes and stumble, but like keep keep continuously picking yourself up, because in that sense, success is guaranteed. Because it's, and that and that way, that way, when I get there, I'm gonna look back and be like, that sure as hell wasn't me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I definitely didn't muscle my way through it because I know myself. I know mm-hmm. myself more than anybody, and I know that I was led by by by. Um, I was carried. I was I was carried across the finish line. I didn't sprint across the finish line. I was carried, and that's a beautiful thing. I yearn. I yearn to be carried across the finish line. Mm-hmm. Love it, DJ. Love it. Pure truth. It's coming in. All the love is flowing right now. It's flowing from your heart for all of us to be able to take into our lives. And and there's a little phrase that came: the perfectly imperfect. You know, perfectly imperfect. Just knowing that. You know, knowing that it's. Uh, yeah, that there will be imperfections. That's just, that's the nature of, of the material world. That's the nature of the, the path that we won't be perfect. That's the nature of it, right? Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's so we can recognize that it's not by our doing. It's not yeah. by our doing. I think totally. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. When I am just like crawled up in a ball crying because of my failures, I can, I can just sink down in that rabbit hole of just self-disgust, or I can just recognize, you know what? This is simply Krishna reminding me my sense of dependence. This is Krishna reminding me, like, don't get 
carried away when, when, when you, when you like, I just can't do it. Just say, that's true. I can't do it. And therefore I need to be carried. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's the aspect of, you know, we bring it back to the whole theme of this podcast. That's the life of prayer. When Thomas Merton said this morning, when you just, when you just, when you just um, read it, my, my whole life is a prayer. My whole life as a prayer is that every moment, my dear God, I need your help in this moment. 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 I need your help in this moment too. And you know what? This moment, this moment, I got this moment. Not I, I got this moment, I got, oop, no, wrong. You don't, you know what I mean? And it's that constant, and how many moments of fail, personal materialistic failure do I need to go through in order to come to that place of eternal consistent everlasting surrender you know and so uh sonal gore not pronouncing your instagram handle right saying what does it mean as long as we're devoted to god does it mean as long as our intention is righteousness it's okay if we make a mistake it's a very good question um is i think because intention sometimes you know what they say is uh you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions and so I think it's, it's, it's our good intentions lead us to seek proper guidance. And I think that that uh, answer to that question, our good intentions lead us to seek proper guidance because it's not just our good intentions, but also we have to be guided in a certain way. Um, you know what I mean? I have, I have a puppy and puppies cannot eat chocolate. If my intention is to serve and love my dog by feeding him chocolate and he dies, my good intention is not serving him. So I also need to understand what does it mean to care for another living creature. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we need we need guidance from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Bryn, there's a lot of great comments coming in on the uh, Instagram chat. I just hope you're yeah, so many beautiful things. We're not going to get to them all today, but if you can shot them down, we'll we'll look at them some more next week. Mm-hmm. Love it. What are you, yeah. what, are you, what are you feeling, Vera? Appreciating it. Yeah, appreciating just that that um, that's what Krishna's saying in the end of Bhagavad Gita. You know, he's saying to surrender unto me, right? He's like, abandon all, he's like, abandon all fear, right? Abandon all, Mm. you know, abandon all paths of religion, abandon everything and just surrender unto me and I'll release you from any imperfections and I'll release you from all fear. Like, just surrender unto me, right? That That's the culmination of the Bhagavad Gita. That's a culmination of his dialogue with Arjuna is that just trust me, I got you, trust me, you know? And and, and so I love that, um, you know, Rooks put up uh, early right in the beginning. How can I practice trusting my co-pilot has my best mm. interest? And it's it's something that is uh, it's a lifelong relationship, like a marriage. Like how do you, how do we develop trust in in a in any relationship? How do we develop trust? Is that that okay? I'm committed. You know, from that 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 onset. Okay, I'm committed. I'm committed to building this relationship. I recognize that we'll go through ups and downs but I trust that we share a goal. I trust mm-hmm. that we share the, the, the goal of reaching the top of the mountain, that we're in that together and that we're going to support each other through that. We're going to work together through that. And that takes time when we first start. Maybe it's a little easy. We first start our spiritual path and we're kind of like on the foothills and it's a little, the weather's a little nicer. Mm-hmm. But then as day one goes, day two, there's dark nights, it's cold nights. Somebody loses something on the path. Sometimes it's, you know, it gets rainy and cold and, in those moments, that's when the the love and the surrender and the connection, mm. the trust builds through it being less conditional. The trust builds through, okay, external circumstances are really intense right now, and I'm choosing to continue to trust. I'm, con- I'm choosing that 
yes, this person and I were on the same path. We're moving toward the same goal. And so I could lean into that. And then when we see day after day after day that, you know, our relationship with God, our relationship with our higher power, that when I lean into those prayers, when I really give myself to them, it really, it's, a, it's, like, it's like anything. If I show up to uh, a meeting or I, if I show up, you know, to a dinner with a friend and I'm not there, I'm not present, they feel it. You know, the, the relationship doesn't go deeper. The relation, and if anything, it kind of like creates boundaries and barriers actually to what's possible in the relationship. Whereas if I show up 100%, you know, and, and that, hey, you know what? I'm here on this path, trusting that we have the, the same interest in mind. And I'm going to show up 100% because I, I know in this friendship, in this relationship, we want to experience more vulnerability, more love, more connection. Yeah. I'm going to get that out of the relationship. So it's the same with our relationship with, with the divine, you know, that, mm. that if I'm showing up 100%, then trust will build. You know, that's, that's the premise, you know, Chris is saying, like, I'm going to remove all fear, right? Mm. And the only reason that we don't trust is because we fear, right? I don't, I'm not going to trust the higher power because maybe it doesn't, maybe a higher power doesn't really exist. You know, maybe, mm. you know, maybe um, actually I need to rely more on myself in the situation, you know, whatever the, the mind will come up with the, the feelings of, of lack of trust. And, and so mm. it takes leaning into that. And I think through time we see that, wow, this person is showing up again and again in my life. I can see it over this, over the journey of my life. I'm showing up a hundred percent, you know, I'm showing up as much as I possibly can. And I'm seeing that there's a reciprocation that's happening. There's a trust yeah. that's building. And so even in the, the difficult times of my life, I'm going to lean more into that. And I'm going to feel a solace from that. I'm going to feel, um, I'm going to feel shelter and guidance and protection, you know, in those mm. moments. So. Yeah. It's, it's, I love what you're saying, Vera. And it also, um, I was, the first thing that I thought of when I saw that question from Rooks, how can I trust, practice trust in my copilot as my best interest, is do, do, does, do I and my copilot have a shared understanding of my best interest? You know what I mean? That sometimes um, I'm not even aware what's in my best interest. Do you know what I mean? Mm. My dog wants to eat my chocolate. He's not aware that's not in his best interest, you know? And so sometimes I spend so much of my life building up a conception of where I'm supposed to be going, what I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be a doctor. I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, a father or a mother. My life is supposed to look like this. How could I get my co-pilot to lead me in that direction? Every time I hand him the wheel, it goes somewhere else. He's not going where it's supposed to be. I'm losing trust. And it's like, wait a second wait a second, have you checked in with yourself and with your inner guide to get clear that we're both have the same bullseye on the map? You know what I mean? And so rather than trusting that my higher power is my best interest, I'm actually arguing over rather than, rather than being willing to let him take the wheel, I'm, I'm still tug of warring on where the car is supposed to be going. You know what I mean? And so uh, my wife, she put my 20s in a nutshell. <laughs> and so, uh, and so it's, it's, I think that that's sort of, I think that's a huge process of self-reflection of what am I really yearning for in life? Where am I really, really going? And what do I really feel is in my best interest? And what does that mean? And so uh, maybe we, you know, we could talk more about that tomorrow. There's a couple of great questions. I think this question of trusting, my best interest is a question we can talk more about. And also somebody asked earlier, um, 
why isn't God following my agenda? And I ask that every time. He hasn't gotten it yet. Eventually he will. Um, but, and also somebody said, how can, we, how can we seek or find guidance from God? That was a beautiful question also. Um, and so uh, we really appreciate all of your comments, all of your questions, all of your thoughts. Please continue to write them in our chat board. We'll try to write down as many as we can. Otherwise, you can write to us at prayerrevolution at bhaktisenter.org, prayerrevolution at bhaktisenter.org. We have our own email account now. And uh, we will log all of your comments, questions, reflections, appreciations, et cetera, whatever you have. We'd love to hear from you. We're every morning from 9 to 9.30. We're so happy and glad to see you guys um, every day. We post these on SoundCloud and YouTube for future listening and recordings. You can go to bhaktisenter.org slash online. We have all our podcasts and links there available. Um, and we love you guys. Anything you want to say as a goodbye, Vera? Just grateful. Yeah, grateful to explore it. We're all in the process. We're all coming at it from different perspectives, different angles, all of us together, coming together in this way. It's actually what brings out the best in all of us. And look forward to hearing more and more from you guys as the days go on and uh, learn so much just from being with you, just being in your sangha. It's transformational. Beautiful. Love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you tomorrow, right? Yes. Okay. And bye, everybody. See you guys.